Well, my name is Gennady. Uh, I was born originally in Ukraine. I mean, I grew up really in a loving home. There were parents who loved me, who, uh, you know, took me to the park, played ball with me. My dad was always constantly trying to teach me how to read. Um, everything was just like a normal family, you know, uh, until one day when my mom and I and my sister, who was younger than me, we went to the park. And I remember this day vividly. Um, Coming back from the park and walking into the courtyard where our house was, our apartment was, and just looking up into the windows of the second story, the windows of our bedroom and our living room, and there was just flames coming through them. And um, it was very scary. And then I realized that my dad was inside that house that was on fire. And that is the day that I lost my dad. You know, he, uh, he, he died in the fire that was set to our house. And from that day on, I was seven years old and everything changed. You know, a few years after that, as my mom struggled, we immigrated to LA, to California, to America. And that neighborhood we really moved into was a neighborhood that had a lot of gang activity in it. And as I started going down to the park and kind of just hanging out with the other kids over there, I began to look up to some of the young, uh, older guys. Uh, and I noticed that, you know, they had a lot of respect. You know, they had a lot of, uh, money, they, they were living this type of lifestyle that was being glamorized through the music that we listened to, and it really influenced me. It influenced me in a way to where I wanted what I saw these guys had. I wanted their respect, I wanted the money, I just wanted, you know, the approval, the acceptance, I wanted to be that guy on the block. And I quickly figured out how to do that. I quickly figured out how to gain that respect. And I began to do some of the craziest things. It went from, uh, from small things like stealing something from the store to armed robbery, you know. Um, and at the age of 19, I went to jail for the first time. I went into prison and what really happened there is that it did not scare me, but I found an environment that I could really thrive in now. Because the way I was familiar with gaining acceptance and approval, with the way I was familiar with climbing the ladder of success in the neighborhood was the perfect atmosphere in prison, the perfect admirement the prison provided for me to continue to climb the ladder. And now it wasn't just about my street gang, it really became about the criminal organization. You know, I grew up in Southern California and when I went into prison, I, I was a Sureño. You know, I got involved in the politics. Really the, the control and the power was my high. Being the guy on the yard that, just knowing inside that I'm the one to call the shots, I'm the one to, uh, say who will stay and who will go, the dope trade that goes on behind bars, that really became my God in my life. That is where I looked up to. That is who I wanted to be. And I excelled in it. I got involved in politics. I did not feel like I was being punished in that prison, but all it did was create a perfect environment for me to excel in what I knew best. I ended up doing close to 13 years in prison through three terms and through my, through my life. I remember the last time that I was in prison, I was in solitary confinement and I was in a cell and something began to happen within me. It was the hand of God coming into my life because I started looking back in retrospect about what my life has been. I started looking at my life at the present and into the future and all I really saw was pain. That's all it really was. It wasn't just pain that I felt at the moment because I was sitting behind bars in a solitary confinement cell, but it was the pain that I caused to every person that have ever loved me.
You know, there was a time when my mom said to me, crying with tears coming down her face, why are you always down for your homies, but you're never down for your family? And that really hit me. It made me realize that everything that I came in contact with, everyone who came in contact with me, there was pain caused by that meeting. My life just really was all about pain and misery. And in a crazy way, I pretended that it was okay with me. You know, that pain just continued to, to stack up like a weight that I could not carry anymore. And as I was sitting on my bunk in that cell, I remember thinking, you know what? I do not want to live like this anymore. But what do I do? I do not know anything else. This is all I have known for all the years of my life. I was 32 years old when this started taking place within me. I remember a book came across the tear and this book, it talked about prayer. It was a book that spoke about how if we pray to God that he can come into our life and he can give us relief and rest. I read that book and I began to pray to God. I didn't know what God I was praying to. You know, to be honest with you, at the moment, if you were to ask me if I believed into God, I would have said I believed into some sort of idea, like a higher being. It made sense to me, you know, but I did not believe into Jesus or Muhammad or any religion. I was very, very skeptical of those things. But as I prayed, I remember feeling that there was a presence with me and next to me for the remainder of that time in the whole. So I remember I get out of the prison cell and I go to mainline general population. And I remember, uh, you know, I had a cell phone and my friend who I haven't spoken to in over five years, he reaches out to me through Facebook. I mean, this guy, the last time I saw him, uh, it was not a pleasant meeting. You know, he, he was involved in gangs and crime and drugs. And the last time that we met on the streets, uh, it, it, was, uh, it was trouble. And here he is reaching out to me through Facebook. And as we contact one another, I remember, I remember him calling me. I pick up the phone and he goes, you know what? God put it on my heart to reach out to you. He begins to tell me about Jesus. He tells me that he's a Christian, that he's a follower of Jesus Christ now. This was all very shocking to me. None of us grew up in a Christian home. And he's telling me that he's going to a mission trip to Honduras to preach to the gang members over there. He's telling me what Jesus has done in his life. I remember hanging up the phone and thinking to myself, this just can't be a coincidence. It cannot be a coincidence that in the cell, I fell on my knees and I cried out to God and I read that book and I began to pray and I asked God, whoever he is, to come into my life if it is at all possible and to begin some type of work on me because I did not want to live like that anymore. And here he is reaching out to me and telling me about Christ. I came out of prison maybe a couple months after that, met up with him at a coffee shop and he uh, invited me to church and I, I was against the whole idea of going to church. I didn't know what church is, what church looked like. I've never been inside a church. I just did not feel like me, I belong in church. So he invited me to um, this meeting that he said they do weekly at an apartment and he told me they discuss certain philosophical topics over there and uh, history and such and I was all up for that you know I, I felt like I was very well read with all the books that I have read while I was incarcerated and I said yeah I'll, I'll go to that that should be fun and I remember showing up to that apartment which of course was their uh, weekly bible study from their local church and it was a small little living room and there was about 20 people there um, and there was a pastor there and this pastor he had tattoos on his hands he had tattoos on his neck and he looked like just like another homie you know another homie and he uh he began 
to tell me about Christ. And I, I, was, I was very defensive at first, uh, even offensive, because I began to ask him all these questions about uh, the man-made religions, about Muhammad and Buddha, and why this, why that. But he was very well-versed in scripture, and he painted a picture of me to where everything began to make sense. It began to make sense, and even though I still had a lot of questions about who this Jesus is, he asked me, and it felt like it was the right moment. He said, can we pray for you? Do you want Christ in your life? Do you want to know him? And I sincerely said, I do. I do want this Jesus in my life because I do not want to live the way I have been living. I just can't do it anymore. I don't want to pretend anymore. I don't want to play a role anymore. I want to have peace that you're telling me about. And I got on my knees and they laid hands on me and they began to pray. And I'm not sure when, but I realized that I, I am sobbing. I'm crying. There's all these tears just running down my face. It's tears that I held back for so many years. All, all the hurt and the pain and the shame and the guilt, all of it. All of it just came out at that moment and I began to cry out to, uh, to Christ. And I asked Jesus to come into my life. And there was such a relief that came over me. There was this peace, which is supernatural. I felt like He was embracing me with love at that moment. From that day on, everything changed. It was a journey. Things did not just begin to get smooth right away. You know, through the next three years or so, he took me through some valleys and through some wilderness, but all of it was meant in order to show me and teach me about things in myself that needed to be cut out. And now, uh, uh, God has taken me to Vacaville, California, to Northern California. I mean, I have never thought that I'll be anywhere in Northern California. I, I was a southerner at heart. You know, there was a time when I say I'll die for the gang, for the cause, you know. It was all Sur, not Northern Cali. And here I am now in Northern Cali, and, and I'm working to actually contribute to saving lives. Uh, I'm working towards reaching out to a population that is suffering. Suffering because they did not know that there is a way out. Suffering because they did not know that there is Jesus. And I tell them about Christ. And God has allowed me to be in a position to where I can be a witness to the wonderful miracles that He is doing, not just in my life, but in other people's lives. And it is, uh, it is amazing to watch. Brothers are receiving Christ for the first time. They are learning about Jesus. And you can see the relief that is happening within them. You know, Following Christ, just Him revealing Himself to me, it is the most wonderful thing that has ever happened in my life. Him opening up my eyes to a truth that's much deeper than what we think this world is about. He gives me insight and the wisdom which only He can give to realize that all this here is just temporarily. All this is perishing and we are really just missing something within us. We have this void that's deep within us and we all know that something is missing and we search and seek to fulfill, to, to put something in there for us to feel that peace. And as I was searching for that in the gangs, as I was searching for that in money, in drugs, in women, in all these things that the devil was lying to me and telling me that those things will fulfill me, it is Christ. Who I was missing and he has found me and I thank him every day and I praise his name and I rejoice.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.